Understanding your personality type can have a really powerful impact on your business. Today, I finally reveal my personality type to you and have an expert explain how this information can help structure a high-performing and successful business model. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Rebels, I finally did it. I finally took a personality test and figured out what I am. Apparently, I'm a mediator INFP-T. Now, I've never really been a huge fan of putting labels on myself or stuffing myself into a box, and I think that's why I never took the test. Um, And for a long time, when I finally did take the test a few times, I didn't really believe the results. But as my business has grown every year, and particularly a lot over the past 12 months, I realized I needed to be more open-minded to this kind of information because it can help not only in your personal life, but also in your professional life. It really is useful in both of those aspects. So I was like, you know what? It's time to do it. I bit the bullet. I sat down at 16personalities.com, took my free personality test. I was totally honest with all of the questions, even if it killed me to do so. And here I am with my results. Now, I wanted to do something really interesting that would benefit you guys, so I reached out to a good friend of mine. Her name is Britt Colo. Britt is the creator of the Marketing Personality Type Framework at MarketingPersonalities.com, and she's the host of the Marketing Personalities Podcast. Through Britt's framework, you are able to match your personality type with a marketing strategy based on your Myers-Briggs results. She's here to shake up your approach to marketing and inspire you to grow your business in a really feel-good way. So I reached out to Britt and told her, hey, what if I were to take a personality test and then have you come on the show to kind of coach me and tell me how this information can help guide best practices in my business? She replied literally within 10 minutes by saying, yep, let's do it. And the very next day we got on the phone, we got on Zoom, I should say, and we started recording our conversation, which ended up being really fascinating and it's gonna help you in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. My personality type, Mediator INFP-T, represents only about 4% of the population. As you're listening, you might be thinking to yourself, why does this matter? Why does Eden's personality type affect me? The purpose of this episode is not for you to learn about my personality type. It's for you to learn how you can take information about yourself, about whatever your personality type is, and begin to customize your business around that rather than the other way around. Instead of forcing yourself to fit molds and force yourself to do things you think you should be doing, Brit helps you understand to do it the opposite way so that you can really enjoy your business and the marketing. So again, I encourage you at the end of the podcast, go to 16personalities.com, take your free test, and then head to edenfree.com forward slash MP. That's MP as in marketing personality. edenfree.com forward slash MP and download a free report from Britt that's going to help you pin down exactly the marketing strategies that you should be using to be successful. And before we dive into the content, friendly reminder, if you love Rebel Boss Ladies, leave us a review on iTunes. You might just win 50 bucks to Amazon and that's pretty awesome. 
awesome. It'll take you just a few minutes, probably less than that, and it makes a huge difference. And if you love this episode, which you 100% will once you hear Brit talk about this stuff, it's her zone of genius for sure, be sure to grab a screenshot, share it to social media, tag me, tag Brit. We'd really, really appreciate it. And we can't wait to talk with you about the episode. All right, you guys, let's do this. Hey, Britt, welcome to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and how you got into this world. Yeah. So, hey, I'm Britt. I created this thing called marketingpersonalities.com. It's a framework that matches entrepreneurs with their best marketing strategy based on their Myers-Briggs personality type. So that's why, you know, we're coming here and we're going to talk about your personality type and why it even matters. You know, what, why does it matter to, to uh, consider it when you're creating a marketing strategy? So that's a little bit about me. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about personality types today. So you might as well know I'm an ENFJ. So you just said that you're an INFP. Uh, we, we happen to be in the same tribe, which we're in the diplomat tribe. That means that we have those same two letters in the middle, N and F. And we can get into what that all means. Uh, and especially for the listener who's like, wait, what are, you, what are all these letters? What are you talking about? Um, the Myers-Briggs personality type assessment is what I um, base all of my marketing strategy suggestions off of. It's pretty much the gold standard of personality typing. It's not a perfect science because we are all humans. There are billions of people on the planet and only 16 personality types. So therein, there are going to be some, you know, some gaps, but it is, I find it to be a really, really helpful tool in not just identifying how we can show up in our marketing strategies, but also in our businesses and in our lives in general and um, be more of ourselves because that's what the world needs. So that's what I'm all about. That's awesome. And I, th- I don't know why I resisted. I, I know the importance of this. Um, actually, you were a speaker at the Rebel Boss Summit talking about this topic a few months back. So I, I know the importance of this, but for some reason, I haven't really like fallen into it myself and really embraced it. And I don't, I don't know why that is. I think that the last time I took the test, I just really hated the answer. Um, that I got, the personality type that I got. So what do you say to people who take this test? You guys can go to 16personalities.com and take this test. It's like a series of questions and you just answer as honestly as possible. And then it will, at the end of it, tell you what your personality type is. But Britt, what do you tell people when they do the test and they get something that just doesn't feel like them? Yeah, this this can happen um, because we have our own personal biases. and. I'm going to actually take a step back and say, if you've taken the assessment before and it's been a few years or even some people, it's been a few decades. And um, I, I really encourage you to take it again because what I hear so often, and this has been my story too. Uh, I remember taking this assessment back when I was in high school and I, <laughs> I was taking the test because uh, it was going to help me uh, know supposedly what I should go to school for, what I should go to college for. And so I had already had an idea of what I wanted to go to school for. So I was kind of answering the questions a little biased. So I would get the answer that I wanted. You know, I would get the results that would support what I had originally wanted to go to college for. And so therein, like that was, that was super biased. That was not a true, true, um, 
read of what my actual personality type was. And I also hear from people having taken a personality assessment um, as part of their workplace and being asked to take it once they've been hired for a job. And when someone does that, you know, you've been, you've been hired for a specific job. And with that in your mind, you then go into the assessment, whether you realize you're doing it or not, probably answering the questions in a way that you imagine HR or your boss wanting you to answer the questions based on the, based on the job you've just been hired for. So it's not a perfect science. You really got to go into these things from a from a really true and honest place and not afraid of what result you might get uh, because at the at its best and and really why it exists is to give you information about yourself to validate the ways in which you do truly naturally show up in the world so you've got to get in a place where you're feeling very much yourself and cognizant of any biases you're bringing to the table and try to get those biases off the table very, very far away from your, your laptop that you're doing the assessment on and, and just answer honestly and, and receive your result. Now, I definitely, I definitely come across people who have a hesitancy to take the assessment just because they don't want to be put in the quote unquote box that their personality result will give them or put them in, or they don't want to, they they don't want to be labeled as a certain type. And I totally get that. Um, we have to be really careful about the identities that we take on in our lives because some can be, be really helpful and some cannot be. Uh, so, you know, tread lightly if that's you. And I really encourage you to see the, the beauty in this deeper level of self-awareness and see it as your unique strengths and your superpowers and really, once you know this, you can leverage it in so many different ways, which is going to make you even more powerful and um, more of a force to be reckoned with rather than someone that's now been put in a box. You know, that's not, that's not what I'm trying to do. And I really don't believe that's what any of these assessments are trying to do. It's just a deeper level of self-awareness. And I dig that. I totally dig that. So that's how I'd answer that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's good. I definitely fall into that category of not wanting to be labeled and not wanting to fit into a box. I like to just picture myself as uniquely me and nobody else is like me. Um, but now I've come to totally. realize that this is definitely like a tool in your toolbox to just help you have more information about yourself. So with that being said, I took the test. I am a mediator, INFPT. Um, what does that mean for me going forward? And Britt, just so everybody knows, like you in your business basically help people understand how their personalities can influence and guide their marketing so that it's feel-good marketing. So now that I know that I'm a mediator, how does this influence me? Yeah, so... Like I said, there are 16 personality types. So you are just one. I am just one. Uh, and anything that I kind of give you, anybody that's listening, remember that you might not be an INFP. Um, and there is no one better personality type for marketing than any of the others. That's the beauty of marketing personalities. You get to find what's best for you and no one's better than anyone else. So as an INFP, I know this one, I know this type very well because I tend to have a lot of them in my, in my circles, kind of around. Um, we usually 
pick up what each other puts down as INFP and ENFJ. So this, this one I can, I can definitely speak to. So the INFP, also known as the mediator, um, you are going to feel really great being able to share the wealth. So for the mediator, um, you are mission driven without a really clear why behind what you're doing. Um, you're out. Like if you can't really identify why you're doing something or why you're being asked to do somebody something by someone else, you're just, you've got your heels dug in. You're just not moving forward. But as, as long as you can identify exactly why you're doing something and you believe in that mission, you believe in that why, you're all in. Like you can be so fanatically driven by that as long as you have that clear why. Um, and specifically as an INFP, uh, I recommend to INFPs when it comes to their marketing strategy to find a way to make the marketing and the thing that you're doing really not uh, central to you as the entrepreneur. It's more about bringing in lots of people involved and sharing the wealth of that experience. So um, the fact that you've done a summit and I thought that you did it so brilliantly and so beautifully well that is exactly what i would recommend to an infp especially in the in the online space those virtual summits for infps seem to work out really really well because it's not just about eden it's about all of us sharing the knowledge and then sharing the wealth of that and then you brought in the affiliate partners you know um, which i think you did that in a way that was manageable uh, for an infp where you didn't really necessarily have to manage a bunch of people you just had to manage kind of like the behind the scenes of the affiliate links which was smart and um and really anything that you can find that allows you to feel like it's not all about you this is a greater mission that we're on and you're bringing people along in that mission right um i also in my uh suggestions to infps sometimes i reference this as like uh pairing your business effort with a charity giving back or relief effort. And that kind of, that can sometimes freak people out when I say that, cause they see the word charity and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I'm like a brand new entrepreneur. Like I, I don't have any money. Like, and that's really not what I mean. You can do, you can share the wealth and you can, you can um, pair your business effort with a giving back effort in a way that has nothing to do with money. It can look like offering a scholarship or a giveaway, or um, I have an IN FP client right now who um, she offers, she allows herself one pro bono uh, client a month because she felt she was finding herself, she was like giving all of her time away because that's just how tech, like tends to be the case for INFPs. Um, they just really want to help and they really want to want to serve. And sometimes that can get a little out of balance. So now this INFP, she um, every time she books five clients in a quarter. Like that's her, she needs to book five clients a quarter, paying clients. And once she hits that, she offers a pro bono project for someone um, who she really feels like needs her, needs her services, um, but isn't quite at the level of her other clients to be able to afford that. And so 
that's how she's worked that into her business efforts. And then that drives her to market her paid services. And then on the back end, she's able to re feel really, really good about that because she's pairing it with that pro bono work. So there's, there's lots of ways to do this. Um, but it's really about being on mission and bringing others into that and sharing the wealth as you do it. I'm curious, how does that sit for you? Like as an INFP, how does that resonate for you? Yeah. So this is definitely fascinating for me to hear you talk about this stuff and give recommendations and how to kind of like work with this personality. Um, when you mention like you kind of did your feet in, in the project and you're just like, you're all in, I definitely, definitely know that that is me. Like I am a hundred percent all in to the projects that I choose to work on. So the, the summit for sure was like the best feeling that I had as an entrepreneur in a really long time because it did involve so much collaboration. And the part that I loved about it so much was the fact that I got to work with speakers, affiliates, and attendees. Um, and I, loved the project because it benefited everyone. Like I, I was just talking about this yesterday um, with somebody else and I, I loved how everybody got something out of it. it. It just felt really good for me. So that part of what you mentioned is definitely true. And I'm trying to think about aspects of my business that haven't felt good in the past. And looking back, I think that I don't love to work in a solitary environment that much. Um, like I'm always looking to be with other people, not necessarily in a physical sense, but virtually. Um, it's fine for me, virtual is a substitute for in person and that's totally cool, which is why I can be an online entrepreneur. But there was a period of time where I didn't really have like a, a close network of confidants and I needed those people. So I pulled together a group of people in a Slack channel and said, can we just, you know, can we be friends? <laughs> Um, and that really, really changed things. <laughs> do you think that that kind of relates in this way? I do. You know, I, and this has been coming up with more and more INFPs, the more I, I talk with them, this, um, this real deep desire for community, because again, it, for you, it's, it's all about that sharing of wealth and being on mission. And it feels really good to be on mission with other people, even though you're an introvert. And this kind of trips some people up. The I stands for introvert. So um, being that you're an introvert, some people might think like, okay, well, I want to be on mission, but I totally want to be on mission by myself. Like I don't need anybody. And that could be the case for some INFPs. Everybody's different. These are sliding scales. These are not like you're always introverted and you're never, you never, um, go, you never go over to the extroverted side. Most of us are somewhere in the middle there. And so, um, the fact that you've found, you just naturally have found that, um, there's a nice comp compromise when you're doing the collaboration and with people online. So you're not in person, which might get a little overwhelming for you. Um, not for all INFPs and maybe that's not true for you, but if you find that like that in-person you know, having lots of people around in that regard, not super, not super helpful. But when you take that kind of community and you put it online, there's enough of that boundary where you don't get overwhelmed with all the people and you feel really, really supported. So yes, I, I, I like how you're blending that and picking up on those things. And I have to underline the fact that you ask the question. This is one of the most powerful questions that you can ask, especially for your listener who's 
who's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that this, this marketing personality type was a thing. One of the very first questions I encourage you to ask is to take a look at what you're doing in your business to market it and identify any and all things that just don't feel good. Because, and this is, this is where it comes down, this is why this matters. When you show up feeling fake, salesy, inauthentic, not good about your marketing strategy, your audience is going to pick up on that low grade, not good energy, and they're going to be repelled by it. They, they might not be able to pinpoint why they don't like it, but they just, they just kind of back up a little bit. You know, I'm, you can't see me right now, but I'm in my chair just kind of like leaning back. And because we don't like that type of energy, we can pick up so quickly on someone who's showing up in an inauthentic way. You're just like, Ooh, that feels eh, like that feels icky. Uh, and so not only are you showing up and feeling fake and salesy, but your audience is picking up on that and they're, they're not trusting you. They're, they just don't trust that. So when we can come at our marketing strategy from a place that aligns with who we naturally are, and in this case, we're utilizing your personality type to identify what's going to feel good. When you show up feeling good in your marketing, your audience will feel good. They're like, oh, hey, that seems, she feels, she's seeming like really good right now. She seems really happy about and, and aligned with who she naturally is. And they naturally lean into that. They're like, oh, okay, tell me more. Tell me more. You get, to, you get to that trust factor a lot faster if you as the entrepreneur are showing up in a way that feels good for you. And that's the point. That's, that's the point here. I love that. It's definitely super important. And I talk about that a lot of time with my customers who are doing things that they just don't necessarily love. And in the same way, you know, that just, it can take a lot of your energy. And I, I always say it's like soul sucking <laughs> tasks because mm -hmm. they're just not in line with who you are as a person. And in reality, it sounds like I was talking about um, your personality type and how that really impacts the work that you do and the energy mm -hmm. that you give off to your people. So there's an, I was reading um, on 16personalities.com um, under the mediator stuff um, that oftentimes mediators get kind of like stuck in contemplating the hypothetical and the philosophical. And that <laughs> is 100% me. Like I could sit mm -hmm. for hours just thinking about potentials, <laughs> situations mm -hmm. in the future that may or may not actually come to fruition. Um, how do you think that impacts marketing or business or anything? Well, every single one of us has our, has our, um, own flavor or own uh, salad, if you will, of limiting beliefs. Like we've all got like this, this mixing pot of these limiting beliefs. And, and when you go to find your, your personality type, uh, they will show you what your strengths are and then what your weaknesses are. And um, that can kind that can sometimes be a little scary, but really your weaknesses are just um, that list that every single one of us has is just a heads up of like, hey, just be aware of this. So if you don't want that to hold you back, you can be aware of it and do something about it. Um, so yes, you're, if, if, if that is you, um, being an INFP, um, finding that you can really get caught up in, in those theoretical thought patterns and um, maybe even that 
you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I, I really value that in my INFPs. Um, I, I, I've, I had an interview with an INFP on my podcast and she's also my therapist. Like I interviewed my therapist on my podcast who is an INFP. And I really appreciate, um, that I really see it as a superpower because she can take me out of my, out of my crazy spiral of, of thoughts and feelings. And she can just pull me back and show me the big picture and like, Hey, yo, there's a lot of potential here. Let's work on this, you know? So I like that perspective. I appreciate it for sure. And I can recognize that it might get you into a place of inaction because you're always thinking about the future potential and the theoretical, well, this could happen and that could happen. And, and, um, and really looking at the big picture and never getting into the action. I think that that's, that could be a limiting factor for anyone in the diplomat tribe, really, because we tend to be pretty um, big, big picture. We can see the big picture and then we really want to go deep into all of the underlying layers of things, which is great. I think I love being that way. I I wouldn't want to be any different. Uh, And it can kind of hold us up, you know, I, th- I think anytime when we recognize those, those potential limits, the, the real key question to ask is, am I okay with that? And if you are okay with it, it's probably, your answer is probably going to be, I'm okay with that to a point. And then the next question is, okay, so then what's my limit here? Like maybe I like going really deep on things. Maybe I like having those, those hours of like, just theoretically, like just, you know, looking at the big picture, going deep into my thoughts and emotions around the thing. And, but to what point, and then, and everyone's answer to that is going to be different. I think in my experience, cause I feel, I feel like I resonate with that too, Eden. So because I'm a, I'm in your same tribe, um, something that I have found to be really helpful for me is leaving, uh, leaving one day a week open with no, with no appointments, because then that gives me like the space I need every single week that I can count on to go deep into that stuff and not put pressure on myself to put those thoughts and emotions into action right away. Um, so in your case, you know, maybe, maybe it's a, if you haven't done something like that yet, you know, you can start asking yourself those questions now that you're self-aware about it. Um, and you probably are always were, but now, now you have the results in front of you and you're like, Oh, okay. Like that's true. (laughs) Maybe I should do something about that. Um, ask yourself, okay, like, okay, to what point is that helpful? And when does that kind of stop being helpful? What can I do about that tipping point to keep me in the helpful part of it and out of the spinning wheels part of it? Mm Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you that it can be a positive and it can be a challenge in a lot of ways. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. it just kind of depends on the situation. And I love your advice to kind of take a day um, every week to make sure that I have the room to really process and think. I've started to do that. It's not 100% in place yet, but I used to let people book times on my calendar with me any day of the week and quickly realize that that was just not good for me because it meant that I was home every day of the week as opposed to being able to go out and work in a coffee shop and just like kind of be in a different space to just like have a different environment and be surrounded by by different people. So I've started to make it where you can only book a time with me 
on, you know, I think it's like Tuesday and Friday. So it's not a hundred percent like in place yet because I, imp I implemented this like two weeks ago, <laughs> but eventually <laughs> it will be there. And I definitely agree that that will give me a lot of room to grow. Um, I'm looking at some of the other weaknesses for people in my personality type, INFPs, and dislikes dealing with data. And that is a hundred percent a yes for me. Like I am not, it's, it says here, mediators are so often focused on the big picture that they forget the forest is made of individual trees. And I loved that that was written like that because like, you don't, I never look at my Google analytics. Um, I never look at, like I should be, I have it on my to-do list forever and I never check it off my to-do list to analyze trends in my um, opt-in conversion rates to becoming customers and all that stuff. And I'm not, I'm not that person. And it's interesting to see it here because it looks like I just need to hire somebody else to be that person for me. <laughs> well, let's, let's dig into this. Cause this is one of my favorite places to go in a conversation. So what you just said was I should be doing this and I'm not. And at, <laughs> Guaranteed, anybody that's listening to this can nod their heads in, in agreement to the fact that there are so many shoulds in marketing and starting your own business. Like yes. there are so many shoulds. Exam great example you just gave. I know I should be looking at my numbers and it feels so out of my comfort zone. Like I just don't, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not there. Like we can come up with all all of the reasons not to do that if it doesn't feel right for us. Um, another example, I just had um, someone uh, DM'd me. I had worked with her in the past. She DM'd me. She's an INFJ. And she's like, you know what? I I keep doing my uh, consult calls. She's a branding and web designer. I keep doing my consult calls on Zoom with webcam. And, you know, I get that like a lot of people do that. And I feel like I should, you know, underline that word should. Yeah. I feel like I should, but I just don't, I don't want to be on video. I feel so much more natural if I'm just on the phone with them. Is it, is it okay for me to, to decide to just do the consult call on the phone or just do audio without video? And I, and I flipped it around. I'm like, girlfriend, you know, the answer to this, you, cause we've already coached through this. Right. And it's like, you, you recognize you use the word should, right? So there are so many shoulds. And I told her like, anytime that word should comes up, you can replace it with could. Okay. So I, I feel like I should be doing the data. I feel like I should be doing video calls. Instead of saying that you say, okay, I, I could be doing the data. I could be doing video calls. And then that naturally leads you to, but do I want to, do I need to, right? It really opens up this whole, this whole, uh, list of options that should was shutting down. It was just should like shuts down all the options and, and basically tells you, like makes you believe the lie that like, you know, like the only option is you should be doing this and you're not. So therefore you suck or whatever, whatever your mind goes through. Right. Um, and could opens up these options and, uh, and then you can move forward. So in the case, in your example, Eden, you're an INFP, the data, the numbers really just feel like an energy drain. They, they are not, uh, they don't feel like a, a strength for you. You don't want to spend time on it. So you could 
you could look at your numbers. Okay. So that opens up some options. Then you think about, well, like, do I, do I need to be doing that? Could I, could I have somebody else do that and then just report back monthly? So I'm not in it all the time. Uh, or, you know, another, another way you could look at it is like, okay, I could look at the numbers, you know, do I have to do it really detailed? Like I see other people doing it. No, you know, the answer is always no. Like, do you have to do anything? My, my short answer to that is always no, you don't have to do anything. It's what you choose. So for INFPs, when it comes to their data, I really see two really clear options. You could start just by looking at like one or two pieces of data. You don't have to jump into all of Google Analytics or all of your entire customer journey and looking at every single conversion rate you can possibly find out, right? You could just start with one or two things, you know, maybe like your email open rate and um, your sales per week or something, you know, like just pick one or two just to kind of dip your toe in the water. You could do that or you could say, I, I believe that this is important uh, data to know, information to know, and I choose to not put myself in the driver's seat of that. And so therefore I'm going to outsource it. I'm going to have someone even just gather the data for me. Mm-hmm. That sometimes is the biggest hurdle. Like I just, you just don't want to go into Google analytics and, and find the data. Maybe if you were to have someone go in there, gather all the data, and then you just have to look at it each week or each month, that could really open up like, okay, like I know my numbers, but I didn't have to spend three hours trying to figure out what the heck the numbers are. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've got lots of options. And I, I extend that to anybody. When you identify the things that don't come as naturally to you, um, don't let that put you into a shame spiral, uh, turn that should into a could and identify your options from there. You know, I love that. I, uh, haven't been in Google analytics in a long time and it's amazing. <laughs> um, some of the, some of the numbers that I was feeling guilty about really not digging into was like the conversion rates and more of the email side of things. Um, analyzing that because to me that's mm-hmm. important in my business and so I, like you're saying, I, I could be doing that. Um, and I want to know the information. So it sounds like the best thing for me to do is find somebody else to gather that information and kind of communicate it to me in a way that's going to be useful. The other side of that for me was Facebook ads. Uh, I am not like, that's a very analytical thing for me. Um, I tried to do Facebook ads in the past and it just completely made me go insane. Like I am not meant for Mm -hmm. Facebook ads. Um, but I really Mm -hmm. wanted to do it when I hosted the summit. So I hired somebody else to do it for me. And, um, it was like the best feeling in the world because I was getting Facebook Mm -hmm. ads done, but I didn't have to even go into the ads manager once to look at the numbers or analyze the audiences or anything like that. And that felt really, really good for me. Yeah, that's really smart. And, and for anybody that's listening and thinking, well, you know, I'm going to go find out what my marketing personality type is. Britt's going to tell me what my best marketing strategy is so I can focus in on that. But I don't have the capital to go ahead and hire out for what I'm not good at. And, and that's fine. That is totally fine. What I encourage you to do, if you're not in a place to hire somebody to do the things that you don't want to do, aren't good at, whatever, just don't do those things. 
I promise you, I promise you, if you were to take your marketing personality type results and what I recommend to you as your best marketing strategy and just do that for a consistent 90 days and just let go of everything that doesn't fall under that category, I promise you, you will see business growth. That's, I mean, and that might be like, whoa, like, can you really promise that? I'm telling you, 90 days of consistent action on that one focused thing that you're really good at, you will change your business. You will. And then later on, when you get to the place where, you know what, in your, in, in your case, it's like, you know what, Facebook ads, not my jam. Same, like they're not my jam either. Um, not at a place to hire that out yet. That's fine. I'm just not going to do those right now. I'm going to focus in 90 days, 180 days into what I'm good at. And then later on, as your business grows, you're going to be at a place where you can see how Facebook ads could, um, could improve the growth rate of your business. And you're at a place where you can have someone do those for you. Go ahead and do that. You don't have to do it right away though. Okay. The real main thing is to focus in on what you're good at now, allow that to grow your business. Cause I, I know it will, right? When you show up feeling good, your audience is going to feel good. They're going to buy from you. Boom, business growth. Let's go. <laughs> and then later on down the line, you can worry about the outsourcing, delegating, having people on your team. Yeah. Looking back for me with Facebook ads, um, I hosted that summit and the numbers suggest that if I had not run Facebook ads, my profits would have been exactly the same. My audience would have just been slightly smaller, if that makes sense. Basically, that says that I broke oh. even on the Facebook ads. So if I didn't, so if you guys are trying to do the same thing, for example, want to do Facebook ads, but it's just not like in the cards for you financially right now, I would have made the same amount of money either way. Um, my audience grew bigger and obviously I'm able to leverage, you know, the email list that I gained from the ads in different ways, but not directly from the summit. So hopefully that helps you guys realize that what Britt is saying is definitely true. Just double down on the efforts that feel good to you and that will result in um, some good positive changes in your business in the future. Yeah. So, so Britt, tell me what else, like, as part of the personality type, as part of um, INFP um, that we haven't talked about yet is important for me to know going forward. I think the main takeaways here is that your, your why and the mission behind anything that you take on in your business is going to matter so much. So if you ever come into a, and maybe, you know, some, maybe somebody reaches out with an opportunity for you, or you're thinking about um, this, this next project and before you say yes to that, before you go in all in on that, you might want to create a system where before you say yes, before you go all in, you have a set of questions really uh, encouraging you to identify why you're saying yes to this, why you're digging in and going for it. Um, not to necessarily deter you from doing it, um, because you're probably intuitive, intuitive enough to say like, yeah, that's totally for me or not for me. But, um, but to really just get down into the why so you have the optimal energy within you to put into that project or into that opportunity. That's really where your energy is going to be generated from. So figure that out right away. Okay. You know, before you even jump in, um, I, that's, that's my best advice for an INFP. 
Um, and that extends to anyone in the diplomat tribe as well. Um, INFJ, INFP, ENFJ, and ENFP. And then also, if you're not in that tribe, you know, if you've been listening and you're like, but I'm not an INFP, I'm not in the diplomat tribe. Uh, I break all of this down um, for you at marketingpersonalities.com. So you can, I, so you can see where you should start. So for an INFP, you really need to start with the why. Uh, if you are in the analyst tribe, INTJ, INTP, ENTJ, ENTP, you've got to start with strategy. So before you jump into anything, and you probably do this quite naturally, but you might want to create a system around it of, um, before you jump in into anything, Take the big picture goal, break it down into, into small steps and create your strategy before putting anything into play. If you're in the Sentinel tribe, ISTJ, ISFJ, ESTJ, ESFJ, you've got to start with organization. And we talk about this on my podcast and it's been like a huge aha moment for people. If you're in the Sentinel tribe, organization is not a procrastination technique. It might be for anyone that's not in the Sentinel tribe. Like we might, I mean, I'm, you and I, we, as, as diplomats, if we start with organization and we're just like organizing something over here, we might be procrastinating. Let's be honest, because that's really not where we need to start. It's not it's not necessarily what we need to make a project work and, and be awesome. But if you're in the Sentinel tribe, organization is so key for you. And so before you jump into anything, before you say yes, get, get whatever you feel like needs to be organized, organized. And then finally, the fourth tribe of personalities is the Explorer tribe. Those are our ISTPs, ISFPs, ESTPs and ESFPs. This tribe just needs to start with action. So whatever you're feeling called to do, like jump in. Like these are, this is our tribe that actually just needs to jump in. They need to put some things into action, get their hands dirty, screw up a couple times and learn from there. So um, really for you, Eden, it's really about identifying that why and the mission behind what you're doing. And then for all of the other listeners, I think such a, a key part, and sometimes I think it actually gets missed, even though I put it in everything you ever read about your marketing personality type. Knowing where to start for you can be so catalyzing. Like that can really set anything you do in your business up for success because you're starting where you need to start. And especially if you have a team member or maybe you're part of a mastermind group that you're really close with, or you have a coach who you work with, or you have, you know, just anybody, you have a spouse in, you know, living with you that like knowing where you need to start with projects and things in your business is so key because you might be around people who need to start somewhere else. And knowing that intel can really make or break a project because it, for instance, if you are an INFP like Eden and you've got to really start with that mission and that why, but you're around a lot of people that need to start, um, maybe you're around a lot of people who are in the analyst tribe that really need to start with strategy. They might, they might take you without knowing they don't mean to do this. They might take you into strategy before you're ready, before you even know why you're doing it. And that can be a really frustrating place. So whoever you are, know where you start, start there, and then, then put some stuff into action. Yeah, this is really, really useful as you're kind of talking. I'm having a lot of aha moments uh, and realizing mm -hmm. how powerful this information really is. As a person, you might feel like you might know that something frustrates you or something 
um, paralyzes you and gets you, you know, feeling down, but you might not know why you're feeling that way. And knowing your personality type is definitely the first step to really uncovering why you are the way you are and why you're feeling the way you're feeling and what triggers you and what's going to enable you to be successful. Um, and if you go take your personality test, like Britt was saying earlier, it doesn't just talk from like a work perspective. It also talks personal life, romantic relationships, uh, parenting, lots of other aspects of your life. This is going to be really useful for you to know about. Um, <laughs> so Britt, you said your website is marketingpersonalities.com, um, but you also have a podcast where you talk about all of this stuff. And I know your podcast has changed quite a bit recently. So tell us what each of your episodes is like. Yeah, for sure. And I want to be really clear um, to find what your Myers-Briggs personality type is. I always send people to 16personalities.com, 16personalities.com. I don't own that. I have nothing to do. I have that is totally not mine. That's just my favorite assessment to send people to. It's free. I think the results are so, so well done. And then once you know what your Myers-Briggs personality type is, you can come over to my website, marketingpersonalities.com, and you can find out what that means for your best marketing strategy. So just to be super clear on that. Um, and yes, I do have a podcast. It's called Marketing Personalities, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, you know, the whole thing. And yeah, so I started, I started my podcast back in June of 2017. So I'm coming up on two years now of podcasting and it started, uh, as not marketing personalities because at that time in June, 2017, marketing personalities didn't exist. Back then I was a marketing coach and I really felt called to, create these conversations. I'm an ENFJ. So, um, my best marketing strategy involves speaking with my audience, answering their questions, guiding them to the next best, best thing for them. <laughs> Hence, you know, the podcast yeah. being on here, how I coach people, it just kind of all comes together. Um, so, Back when I started it in 2017, I really wanted to create these conversations with female business owners. And then what I would do is I would invite that guest, that guest of the podcast into the podcast Facebook group. So the listeners could then interact with the guests, which I had never seen happen before. You know, like it's like you listen to these podcasts and you kind of put the host and the guests up on this pedestal and they don't really feel like um, touchable. It just, it feels like there's still this boundary between the listener and the guest. And I, I wanted to break down that boundary. So for about a year, about a year and a half, maybe, uh, I, uh, that's what I did. And it was under the name of marketing and yoga pants. That was our community. That was our podcast and had so many great conversations and lots of, um, walls be take taken down between the guest and the listener. That was super cool to watch happen. And then when I, uh, when I built and launched marketing personalities, I did that last year, 2018. And uh, I recognized that, you know, the, that was really where my business was headed. That was really where I could bring the best content to the people and have them really make, uh, helpful decisions in their marketing strategies. So at the beginning of this year, January, 2019, I pivoted the, the podcast, uh, to marketing personalities podcast. And now we solely discuss you know, yeah, we're talking about the person, the guest's business, um, but we're really taking time to um, 
talk about their unique personality type, what that means for their marketing strategy. And so, um, you know, the goal here is to talk to all 16 personality types over time. So anytime you find out that you're a, for instance, ISTP or whatever, or an ENTJ, you can go ahead and go listen to that podcast episode with a person who has your personality type too. So you can just feel really supported in that. Maybe take away some nuggets, some ideas, that sort of thing. So that's what we do now. Um, yeah. And I love it. I mean, podcasting is totally my jam. It's if you're an ENFJ like me uh, and you don't have a podcast yet, yet you might want to consider doing it because it's so much fun as an ENFJ. So yeah, that's the podcast. Thanks again, Britt, for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. That was episode 29 of Rebel Boss Ladies with guest Britt Colo. Don't forget you can grab your 100% free marketing personality report from Britt. Just go to edenfree.com forward slash MP. Again, that's edenfree.com forward slash MP as in marketing personality to get your free marketing personality report. Next time on Rebel Boss Ladies, we have Haley Luckadoo on the show talking all about why it's stupid important to take crazy risks in your business. She's going to spill the beans on her past risks and shine a light on what it's really like to live in those super scary moments. That's coming soon, so stay tuned. Rebels, thanks for being here. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. <laughs>